Time for Spotlight on KRWC. The second Tuesday of each month, we reserve some time for University of Minnesota Extension and specifically the 4-H program. And last couple of months here, we've been talking with some 4-H ambassadors kind of on a rotating basis, and we have two more 4-H ambassadors to uh, talk with today. And uh, they're calling from different parts of the county here, so Unfortunately, we cannot combine them together, but we'll uh, talk to them each individually, and we'll lead off with uh, Victoria Schaefer, who is over in the Delano area. Victoria, good morning. Good morning. Nice to talk with you. Tell us, uh, which 4-H group are you from? So I'm from the Willing Workers 4-H program in um, Delano, mm-hmm. and we have a wide variety of projects for our club, so we have quite the range. Great. How long have you been in the ambassador program? I've been in the ambassador program for two years. Okay. And uh, how many years just as a, a general 4-H-er prior to that? Um, I started 4-H in fifth grade, so this is my fifth year of 4-H. Okay. So obviously you enjoy it. You've stuck with it for quite a while. Yeah, I had... A very interesting beginning, but I definitely really enjoyed it, and I made a whole bunch of new friends, so I really stuck with it. Mm-hmm. How many 4-H'ers uh, in your group? The, uh, is it Willing Workers, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. They, we have about 85 members to our um, club. Wow. So that's that's got to be one of the bigger ones in Wright County. It definitely is, which has made this time extra challenging. So what's your role as an ambassador as far as your individual club then? Uh, do you kind of, I, I know that you, you know, have a, a larger role as far as the county, but uh, in your group, what, what kinds of things do you help out with? Specifically for my club, I talk a lot, trying to promote all of the different things that the Wright County ambassadors do. So people eventually get tired of hearing your voice over and over again in your club meetings, as well as just, um, helping other people feel like they belong in the club setting. You're kind of like the person who's always there that you can come talk to if you have questions and, or whatnot. You're always known as the person who knows a lot about worries. All right. Um, I, you've got a list here uh, that was provided to me that has a bunch of different topics, and we didn't have too much of a chance to uh, talk prior to this. So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, decide on a few that you uh, feel well-versed in that you want to uh, talk about, and, and we'll just chat from there. So recently we had our first um, residence camp that was virtual online. So we did it with multiple different counties, and so we all were able to sign into Zoom. We met two times a day with our campers. It was very interesting. We definitely had to be very creative. That was my second year being a camp counselor. So that was definitely a different experience. But it was a really fun new way to connect with kids. So we have day camps coming up, which are actually going to be in person. So we follow all of our social distancing guidelines and such, and we limit the amount of kids in them. So we have day camp counselors doing that. So those are our upcoming events with that. Um, yeah, I think so with that day camp area. And then How do you, we how- also have the state fair coming up, which will be super fun. This is the state uh, ambassador-led event. We're doing that one online as well, so that'll definitely be different. Talk a little bit about the aspect of, of kind of wrapping your head around uh, doing these things uh, in a, a Zoom-type setting or, or a virtual setting online. 
obviously it's completely different, but um, what sorts of uh, things do you do or are you able to do during uh, an online type uh, session like that? Um, one very fun thing to do is sing songs online because you get a wonderful delay. You get to hear the song in like a round without all the work of trying to create a round. That's super fun. As well as um, we can play different games or we can play Pictionary very easily with a lot of it. So you whiteboard your screen and so that's a new thing we've learned. But some of the challenges are not being able to connect directly with the kids because when we're at residence camp in person, they're forced to go to every single event, which makes people go outside of their comfort zone and learn, oh, wait, I really like this, and this is super fun, where online we don't have any control on what events they decide to go to or not. So definitely getting the same amount of engagement was something that was more difficult for us, but we were able to overcome that by just, like, over-advertising everything that we were doing to get people excited about it. Yeah. And what do you see for uh, the the virtual state fair? What's that going to entail, and, and how is that going to be held? So the plan for that is there is a list of project areas and what time you go on. So for each of those, you will go to a Zoom meeting, and then you'll be split into a breakout room for each project. So you get judged on your project that way. And so... Um, for the county fair, we sent in, like, all of our stuff. So I sent in my pictures, and I sent in a PDF of all of my, like, work and what I'd done, and I wrote stuff up about it. But for the state fair, I don't think we're doing that, so we're going to verbally tell the judge about it through our computer screen. Okay. So it'll be a different experience, but, um, you know, in the situation that we're dealing with it's uh, about the best we can hope for i guess when when is that virtual state fair going to be coming up i believe it starts the end of august there's a couple different days i think the deadline for signing up for that is also coming out soon okay the first day is august 31st and the last day for that is september 3rd okay so it'll run that will yeah, it'll run basically the same time or similar to uh, when the actual state fair would would have run. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Victoria Schaefer is one of our two guests, uh, 4-H ambassador from the Willing Workers in Delano. Victoria, we're going to have you hold on for just a second here, and then we're going to go over to Haley Merrow, who's in Monticello with us today. Haley, good morning. Good morning. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, group, which 4-H group are you with? Um, I'm with the Wranglers. It's um, a horse-based, a horse-based club through Monticello. So we actually started up our club last year. So we're around 15 members right now, but we're looking to expand our club. So we do and engage in a lot of horse activities, like we go on trail rides together, and we talk about creating our county fair posters and putting up our decorations. And we try to engage in a lot of um, horse-engaging activities, for sure. Mm-hmm. Seems like the um, the 4-H groups from the Monticello area have always been kind of strong with um, with some of the horse-related activities. I don't know if it's just the, um, you know, more areas up there or more uh, of the uh, farms or stables or things like that uh, are located in that uh, one area, but it seems like Monticello has always been kind of a stronghold for that. Yeah, we have a lot of horse facilities, bigger ones over here in Monticello. Like we have um, Arrowhead, which is a big, 
big barn through um, 5D performance horses, and that barn ran a lot of shows. So a lot of people are in the same, like, tight group, and um, everybody knows each other through the horse program, so a lot of people get involved in certain clubs through that. So how has this whole pandemic situation uh, uh, affected your group, the Wranglers? Are you still able to do some things, uh, or are you kind of restricted from that? Uh, It's kind of a similar situation where it's uh, sort of virtual, or talk about what you've been doing. Yeah, we've been meeting through Zoom a couple of times, but mostly there's not really anything we can do. We try to chat with our members as much as we can, but with not being able to meet in person, it's definitely been hard. But um, recently we've been able to start meeting in a group, so we've been trying to plan a meeting where we're wearing masks, of course. But horse shows are still happening um, outside, of course, so we've been able to still kind of each other but not in like the same way that we're used to for sure is that kind of tough i mean does it make it uh hard a little little bit of anxiety there for or you know kind of lonesome for other members well i think that our members have been our older members for sure have done a really good job in engaging with other people other that not be through a meeting just talking to our members who you don't really see out at shows a bunch so I think we've done a good job at involving everybody and talking about shows and talking in our group chat and whatnot. So what kinds of events uh, are you involved in, Haley, as far as um, I'm sure that you're involved uh, with a horse? Do you have more than one or talk about your events? Um, so I ride one horse through 4-H, so... I show all throughout the county fair week, and then if we make it to State 4-H, we can go down to our State 4-H horse show, which is a week before the state fair. So there's also not only in with riding horses, you can also do project on projects on horses. You can do research, whether that be through horse-related or horseless horse or self-determined. You can research any part of the horse industry that you want and talk to a judge about it. So that's a really cool way to get involved with horses, even if you're not riding a horse. And you mentioned there's about 15 members. Uh, Are you all about the same age group or uh, kind of varied a little bit? Um, It varies. We have a few older members that lead our meetings. And then actually a majority of our club is new members and younger kids that are getting involved with horses. Okay. And all kinds of different horse breeds, uh, I would imagine, and, and sizes and, and uh, different uh, levels of, of uh, riding and, and learning about uh, handling horses. For sure. I think that's really cool. One of the really cool parts of 4-H is being able to see what other people are doing and being able to learn more about that. Like, I know I ride a different breed of horse than most of my club does, so they can talk to me and ask me questions about my breed of horse and I ask them what they're doing with their breed of horse and it's a really cool way to learn more about the horse industry for sure. I would imagine that your instructors are a little bit more um, specialized as far as uh, being able to train uh, for you know more horse related activities. Do you do you all have your own individual instructors or how does that work? Yeah you all have your own um, trainers you don't have to use a trainer 
I know a lot of kids in our club just use their parents because their parents have been involved with horses for quite some time. So it all just depends on what they're doing. You can, a lot of my club does a lot of the speed events, and there's also people that do kind of the slow down and more, um, it's kind of more like a beauty pageant where you just try to look pretty and present yourself in the best way. So there's two different styles that a lot of us do, so not everybody can use the same trainer. Mm-hmm. Now, when you kind of come up through the ranks or as you're, you know, uh, getting a little older in the program, um, is it necessary to um, to kind of switch to a, a different horse, maybe a different uh, larger horse, or do you do you get one, I was going to say kind of grow into it, but I suppose if the horse is uh, growing up with you, maybe you just stay with the same one. Well, it all depends, so... Some people start on ponies when they're young, so you can't ride a pony for forever, so you'll eventually have to get into a bigger horse. But um, a lot of the people in our club ride normal-sized horses, and you can stay with that horse for as long as you want. Um, But some people start on a beginner horse, and as they get better and more skills, they go to a more advanced horse that challenges them a little bit more. So it all just really depends on what they're looking to do and whatnot. And all this while that that you're training on the the riding aspect and some of the other uh, areas of uh, expertise there, are you also learning about uh, feeding and care and all of that for for horses? Yeah, for sure. Um, not not all of it is through 4-H where you're pushed to do that, but I know a lot of people own their own horses and have their own barns and stuff, so they need to know the basics of taking care of a horse. And that's also where the um, the project area of horse-related comes in, where you can do a project on, I know I've done projects on horse fencing, horse nutrition, horse care, anything like that. You can really take a hold of and research and look at closer if you want to. Are you able to do this year-round? Do you have facilities that you can, you can uh, work with your horse in the wintertime too? Yeah, I do. Some people don't where they have to trailer into an indoor arena and ride, but I am at a barn where they have one, which is really nice. But it all just depends on what you're looking to do, and if you don't want to ride year-round, you don't have to. Our 4-H show is at the Wright County Fair, obviously, so um, that's really the only show that you have to do through 4-H. But, yeah. Great. Well, it sounds like a very interesting uh, times, even though uh, you can't all be together, at least you can kind of keep up with one another uh, via some of the virtual aspects of it and, and uh, hopefully do well. Now, are you going to participate in this uh, state uh, or simulated state fair too? Um, so I didn't submit any projects this year because of the time that I, I was on a short time frame. So for State 4-H or show got canceled, so there's no way to show our horses at the state level. So um, I won't be competing at the state level this year. Okay. Well, we uh, that's unfortunate, but uh, it's something I guess everybody's kind of dealing with, and hopefully next year will be will be a little better. Well, Haley, yeah. we uh, appreciate all of your information here, and um, hope that you uh, have a good rest of the summer. And we're going to um, finish up here with uh, Victoria, but. Um, we wish you the best of luck as you continue on in 4-H. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. 
And we're going to go back to Victoria now to finish up the program. And Victoria Schaefer, again, is from Delano. And Victoria, maybe we'll just finish up by uh, just talking a little bit more about um, some of the uh, state fair type aspects. I think um, Haley kind of mentioned a little bit, but uh, why don't you talk about that and, and any other things you want to wrap up with? So I know the state ambassadors are working really hard to make the state fair as friendly as possible. I know we've got people working on some videos and stuff um, to make it seem a lot more like possible. We're doing some events for clubs who haven't necessarily um, been in the state fair before to just give them the opportunity. So I think 4 is really working to make it as smooth and as similar as possible, but we're really hoping that everyone will be able to be in the state fair building with us next year. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, hopefully we'll have all of this behind us by this by this time next year. I certainly hope so anyway. Um, anything else that we missed out on here that you want to mention before we go today? Um, for current 4-Hers, um, 4-H enrollment is typically in November for anyone who's interested in joining 4-H. And then the ambassador program will probably have applications coming out October, November-ish. Okay, and we should just uh, kind of stay posted on that, and uh, there'll be some information. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to nail things down right now because everything seems like it's changing all the time. So, very true. Yeah. Okay. Well, Victoria, uh, best of luck to you. Thank you for sharing some uh, time and information about the 4-H Ambassador Program and your program over in Delano and continued success to you, and uh, maybe we'll talk again in the future. Okay, sounds good. All right, have a great day. Victoria Schaefer and Haley Marrow, our guests. They're both 4-H ambassadors with the Wright County 4-H program, and we appreciate uh, Kim Fox over at uh, the U of M Extension in 4-H in Wright County for uh, putting together today's spotlight, and uh, we'll talk with some more folks or maybe some leaders or the uh, instructors coming up next month. We do that on the second Tuesday of each month reserved for U of M extension and uh, specifically the 4-H program. So that's today's spotlights here on KRWC.